Welcome to the Authenticity Series with Harriet Tinka, where young people share how they turn their upside-down experiences right-side up with their dandelion perspective. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Authenticity Series, The Dandelion Perspective. You are here today because you believe in the youth, and young people are doing so much. They are the leaders of the future, but I like to think that they're the leaders of now, because if we empower them now, they are ready for the future. I often talk to young people, and they share their stories. Some share stories about how they turn their upside down experiences right side up by being authentic with their dandelion perspective. So often we talk about the youth, but we don't give them a seat at the table, but the authenticity series will always be there for the youth. We give the youth the microphone to speak up and sit at the table. We understand the issues that they talk about through their voices whether it's socially, physically, mentally, or even spiritually, I let them speak about whatever is going on in their lives so that we can all be inspired and learn from them. And what are better ways to learn than from the youth who have experienced all of these things that they've experienced. Now, today's episode is all about leadership. It's all about being an entrepreneur. It's from our guest who is... She has done a lot. She's a youth. <laughs> I had to think about it. Are you really a youth? Or are you not a youth? But she's definitely a youth. <laughs> and I'm so happy to be having her here as our, our guest today. Her name is Tessie Omina. A little background on Tessie. She is originally from Kenya. She has an undergraduate degree in North Carolina, and that is in Bachelor of Arts in Economics. She minored in environmental studies and also graduated in Edmonton. And she'll talk a little bit more about it. I don't wanna give it all away. I'll just kind of give you snick, little bits here and there. She's done a lot of volunteering and she's all about empowering women. She is excited to be in the position where she can make a difference in the community. Like we all do, we all wanna make a difference in the community, especially when you find your purpose. And we'll be getting into that as we chat in our conversation today in our podcast. This is our episode number nine, and we set it off in January and we keep going. And I'm so excited to have an audience who listens to these episodes every month. And Today, I'm excited to have Tessie. Tessie, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to have you. Welcome. Thank you so much, Harriet. I'm so excited to be here. And um, yeah, it's wonderful to be on this exciting podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> wonderful. Yes. So now, can, can you just tell our audience just a little background on yourself? Because they don't know you yet. And I'd love for them to hear all about you. Okay, so I grew up in Kenya, in Nairobi, Kenya, and I'm the middle child of five, so I have four lovely brothers, <laughs> two older ones and two younger ones. 
Um, yeah, so I moved to the U.S. when I was 19 with my family. And I ended up going to school in North Carolina, in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, I, this is where I studied my uh, bachelor's. Um, I ended up working with the migrant and refugees communities in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. And um, yeah, so after, after that, I lived in uh, New York, New Jersey. And um, I've always been drawn towards community service. Um, I, I love working in the community and uh, working with different communities. I love meeting new people, talking to people and discovering things that we have in common. And this has led me to explore, especially when it comes to food. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I love different cuisines. Um, food has a way of bringing people together. And this is like when it comes to culture. And so I also ended up working with migrant communities in Northern Thailand. That was exciting. I love travel. And then I moved to Canada about three and a half years ago for my graduate degree. And here I am. <laughs> I ended up working in community again. Oh, wow. That's exciting. Now let's rewind back. What brought you to, uh, to the U.S. from Kenya? Uh, so my family moved because my dad uh, had a job at the UN and uh, he, he was working in the head office. So that's how I, we got to move there. Oh, that's great. Was there a big change for you, especially culture-wise? Because I know Kenya is very, it's very authentic. It's, uh, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of international people there as well. But coming to North America, I know for me, when I came, one of the biggest thing, of course, was the winter. I was excited initially. And then later on, the novelty wore off. I was like, no, no, no. This winter thing is not going to work. I need to go back <laughs> it's to my country. <laughs> so you read about it, but when you kind of experiences, you experience it, you realize, uh-uh, it's not so good. So mm -hmm. for you, what was your culture shock when you moved from Kenya to the U.S.? Um, like you mentioned, Kenya has a big um, international community. So the culture shock was more in terms of the speed. Things were very fast. And um, again, moving into New York, like Manhattan is the city that never sleeps. So there's always something happening. There's always movement. So that was what was mostly the culture shock. And as you mentioned, the, the weather, the winters <laughs> mm -hmm. were brutal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And as a middle child, did you have that middle child syndrome? <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, which way do I go? <laughs> I, I don't think I got a chance to explore that because I was always like fighting with the boys in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> as, as it always is, right? As a middle yeah. Child, someone going left and right. Yeah. <laughs> so as you're coming, your father was uh, working for the United Nations. So obviously you've mostly traveled around and you've been in different communities what was it like um, just watching your dad moving from one country to another and working with the is that part of why you were inspired to to work in communities or what inspired um, you interesting question i i'm not sure i think it's just the the meeting new people and just experiencing different cultures because I love talking to people and just finding out what their interests are. Um, yeah, that I I can say that's probably the guiding guiding force. <laughs> oh, okay. Because yeah. I know when you come from another another country, like you said, there's always some kind of a culture shock. Mm -hmm. What are the communities that you've been involved in? 
Um, so when I moved to uh, North Carolina, I sharing with um, it's uh, um, this organization which um, you know uh, migrant and refugee uh, kids are going to a school before they they go into an American school system. So just to um, teaching them English, um, teaching them you know how uh, the different education systems are. And this is where I started and I found it um, really, it's really nice to work with kids and, you know, how fast they learn, how, you know, they soak everything in. And I think my biggest, uh, my biggest joy was just seeing their transformation from, you know, the first day of school to the last day of school coming out of their shells and just, getting excited uh, about everything um yeah so this is when I was doing my undergrad then I ended up going into um uh, into Thailand uh, where I volunteered also and worked with the in northern Thailand with the migrant communities there and the, yeah so I think I am always drawn to this side <laughs> Mm, that's wonderful mm-hmm. you sound very uh, very energetic you sound so positive you're full of energy and obviously it's not always that way in life there's always some ups and downs yeah or the challenges failures that you've had in your life um I would say having to to settle <laughs> to mm-hmm. decide on what to do because I remember trying to figure out what I wanted to do in uh, in my undergrad, and I ended up changing my major four times. So I get excited about starting projects. I'm not very good at finishing projects. <laughs> That's one of the biggest challenges. But I guess as I'm getting older, I'm getting at least a little bit settled in in completing completing mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> anything I pick up. Yeah. There's not too much procrastination there, I suppose. <laughs> oh, I'm I, I'm so good at procrastination. I could win a medal for it, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, now I'm getting better at managing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Think, as you said, uh, it was. Um, I think one of the biggest thing as you're growing up, you didn't. Most people don't know what to do. And one mm-hmm. of the things I often recommend that if you don't know what to do, we use the Japanese concept called ikigai. And what Ikigai is, is the reason for being, where you ask yourself the four very important question. Number one, was it, what is it that you love to do? Things that you love to do. Mm-hmm. It could be maybe you love soccer. It doesn't mean you want to be a soccer player. Really, it means that you want maybe a job or a career that has that kind of community feel, you know, teamwork. And the second thing is, what are you good at? Things mm-hmm. like maybe always ask your friends what you're good at. And then number three is, what is a gap in the community that's out there that my skills can fill. And the last thing, of course, is what can I do and get paid for it? So those are really Mm -hmm. the four main questions you ask yourself when you're trying to find your ikigai. To me, it sounds like you've already found your purpose. Yes. So I I, uh, came across um, where I'm at now, Black Canadian Women in Action. And just the the beauty of working with Black women, the beauty of, you know, seeing them in their transformation, seeing them go through, you know, move heaven and earth to get things done. I Mm -hmm. I love that. And especially now working with uh, entrepreneurs, especially women entrepreneurs, you see that because they have to overcome so much. 
And for me, that, you know, just walking them through that, giving them that, that's, it's such a joy because they, you know, you give them a little and they take it a long, long way. Mm. Now, for our listeners, they probably don't know what the organization you're speaking about. Can you just unpack that and let our audience know the organization or the company that you're talking about? So they are aware of which company, a little plug for them too. I suppose. Okay. <laughs> so I am a senior program coordinator at BCW in Action, and it's Black Canadian Women in Action. And basically, what we do, it's a bilingual uh, nonprofit, and uh, we um, work towards uh, making a difference in the lives of Black Canadian families uh, with focus on women and girls. And uh, we do this through um, workshops, we do this through um, community projects, um, and we love promoting like the culture. Um, we know black women are from different different cultures. <laughs> it's not just a monolith when you look at you know uh, the black community. So it's promoting the different cultural activities which are specific to our different communities. Yeah. Mm, that's wonderful. And how long has this organization been open? So BCW has been around since 2017. Yes. Oh, wow. So you've been with them since 2017? I've been with them for a little over a year now. Okay. Yeah. So you're kind of like the new kid on the block. And you've done quite <laughs> a lot. You've done quite a lot with the program. Yes. I was doing some Google research and I saw what you've done. You've you're always doing some leadership programs. You're getting other women empowered and getting them to move. Because I think one of the biggest fear as an entrepreneur is getting started. Like, oh, how do you, yes. yeah, what are the <laughs> tips that you give these women who are kind of afraid to get their feet wet in the entrepreneur world? What is the advice that you so, offer them? The beauty of my job is um, like when I talk to the different women and they'll be like, Oh, I have an idea. You know, if you don't get started, when will you start? So I, I always encourage them to, to get started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I missed what you said because there was a pause on the, on the other side, a little bit of a technical. So can you uh, just repeat that for our audience? Because I think there was a little bit of a blank. Okay, I, I'm saying... Um, I, the, one of the reasons I love my job is uh, you meet uh, amazing women and they have this idea. And uh, when I talk to them and they tell me they have a business idea and, you know, wondering how they get started. So the thing is, if you don't get started, if you don't start now, when will you start? So basically just walking them through like the processes, you know, encouraging them to, you know, go ahead and start their, you know, their business, especially... Like, you know, um, black women are very hardworking. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's, it's it, there's, you know, there's excitement, you know, just to bring, it's like your, your, your new baby, <laughs> bring it, bring yeah. it into fruition. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's something that I think as, uh, as women <clears throat> of, all, <clears throat> of all colors and all different uh, background, I think we just feel sometimes we need a little lift. And if you get that lift mm -hmm. from other women, you feel like, okay, I can do this. You give them hope. So what you're doing yes. is such a big deal. Do you find that as, uh, what percentage of women that do the entrepreneurship 
end up continuing on? Do you find they continue on or do they give up along the way? What are, what have you noticed as um, about sixty five percent? Because it's more um, again following through and taking up, you know, the you you know um, committing to it. So I do get about sixty five percent of the women uh, keep up and continue. You know, yeah. Oh, that's encouraging. Yes. <laughs> <I> know, <laughs> one of the biggest thing I think, and I, I know this when I was. Uh, starting off to be an entrepreneur i always had that employee mindset it was so hard to get from the employee mindset to an entrepreneur the two different mindsets one of them i guess the employee you just go you do your job you know you get paid you go home but as entrepreneur you have to work if you don't work you don't get paid you don't get the money so they're two different mindsets and it's all about the growth mindset so it's it really does take a lot of uh, a discipline for sure what are the best resources that have helped Sorry, you? Sorry, Harriet, I, th- I lost you for a little bit. Oh, you lost me? Oh, <laughs> oh <Yes>. I can <laughs> repeat. Okay. Yeah. 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 So what I, I, was, I was just saying as, a, as an entrepreneur, we all kind of need, uh, we, we need to kind of push ourselves. We need to support each other. And uh, my question uh, for you was, uh, what are the best resources that have helped you along the way? Um. Uh, in this case, I think, again, I, I go back to community because there's a lot of encouragement if you find other people who are doing the same things. And um, I, uh, the only way you would find this is talking to, you know, people in the community, finding out what they're doing, you know, joining like um, networking groups. Uh, and we do have that at, uh, at BCW. So we there, there are a lot of resources out there. So it's just a matter of finding, you know, what's your fit and, you know, where you can engage with other people. Because again, it goes back to having a, a sort of like a support group to go through. If you're, if you're both entrepreneurs, you're going through the same challenges. So just finding, finding your people, finding your tribe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was so true. Once you find that tribe, life is good. Life is good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, if somebody, because you're a program coordinator right now at BCW, mm-hmm. Women in Action, if somebody is trying to pursue a career similar to yours, what advice would you give them? If somebody says, when I grow up, oh. I want to be a program <laughs> coordinator, what would they, because that is a, a my position and as a young entrepreneur, a young youth like yourself. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of responsibilities. Like you have to coordinate, you have to be very organized for sure. You have to be organized and you have to have a passion for what you do. And I think you talked about that at the beginning. You have to have a passion for what you do because it's, if you're doing it for work, you don't want it to end up as, you know, just showing up. And, you know, if it's a paycheck, you have to be passionate about, passionate about what you do. You have to invest your time in, you know, uh, what you've chosen to pursue so I think um, for me that's one of the major things that keeps me going I'm passionate about the the work I do mm-hmm. yeah that's great now so what are the people in your lives that have had the most influence in you at least three mention three so that um, if, I you don't mention, <laughs> if you don't mention one they'll be like I oh, have I thought to say- <laughs> my dad um, he always talks about you know 
having having integrity having you know commitment having the spirit of you know uh, you know to keep going you know and he's <laughs> growing up i remember we used to think he was a hard man but he was just you know always wanting the best he you know like always wanting the best for us so he he's an inspiration in you know how to how to treat people you know treat people with respect it doesn't matter who it is doesn't matter where someone's coming from just treating people with respect having integrity and then my mom <laughs> my mom's name is grace and ooh, it speaks to to who she is <laughs> she has such a big heart and sometimes it's it baffles me so <laughs> yeah yeah and then um i i think uh, my i have one of my aunts who's been through a lot and she's always you know picked herself up and been able to overcome a lot so she's she's also an inspiration um there oh you said three i could go on <laughs> there are a lot <laughs> yeah oh if you want to mention one I'm more like, go ahead i like looking looking everywhere and just seeing <laughs> It's always hard to choose, yeah, actually, it's because hard to choose. but you gotta pick your parents first, and it's like, okay, my parents yeah. are top two, and then what's the other one? Could it sister, brother, <laughs> you know, mentor? You know, there's so many, and I know you have yeah. a, a big community of friends that really mm-hmm. have been an influence to you. It's just inspiring, like even the the people I work with. It's just they're inspiring and like just building up you know supporting you know the communities they work for it it's amazing the work they do it, it is actually because i've seen some of the things that you're doing and there's a lot of uh, networking a lot of teaching mm-hmm. a lot of mentorship a lot of coaching and all of that you, yeah. do you is there a leadership program that you you teach to these young women or oh um so one of my favorite programs it's called the black girls leadership program and again this goes back to like or the first at the beginning of the programs they're like quiet and then at the end of it you see how they've blossomed and just grown you know in confidence in you know self-awareness in uh you know being being true to them to themselves yeah so yeah it's the uh, the black girls leadership program <laughs> oh that's great that's yeah. what they need because i know some some girls that are in the program always think well i can't really be a leader because i don't have a position that sort of thing but really mm-hmm. leadership is really about influence you don't really need to yeah. have a position or a role you are it's a choice really if you want to lead somebody you decide this is what i'm going to do it's about influencing it's about being charismatic and like you said like your dad talks about taught you integrity so that those are all the traits and characteristics of a good leader mm-hmm. and, and it's a big deal that you're sharing that with the young people yeah we need more we need more of uh, that education even for adults we it's always yeah <laughs> we should always be students of life for sure yes exactly <laughs> yeah so um we're almost at the end of a of a podcast but uh, is there something that you'd like to share with with my audience with the audience listening that you that i haven't asked you oh um yeah i always think about uh, change 
and um, change is scary, but uh, <laughs> it's a process of life. So uh, I think about uh, just the what I've gone through and growth, and it's just it's part of life, and that's I think what a lot of us normally forget <laughs> to accept accept the changes and go with the flow. My two my two cents for today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so true because I think what people are afraid of. I mean, we we all know, and we still are going through that COVID pandemic mm. phase. So what? What was the worst thing? Is like when you think of a heartbeat, it goes up and down, up and down, up and down. Mm-hmm. Eventually, what what goes down must come up. Just like, just like the heartbeat itself. And when you think of a, of somebody who who dies, it's a flat line. So you don't want to be flat. We all want. Mm-hmm. We, we know life is about like it's about change, like you said. So eventually, what goes up goes down. So when you're up, don't get too comfortable because eventually things go down. And when yep. you're down, don't <laughs> stay there. Don't think that's the end because you're gonna go up. So that's yes. what life is all about. So when I think of change and what we've been going through with COVID-19, I think of ourselves, you know, climbing that hill and then we get up there, we go down. So right mm-hmm. now we're, we may be down, but there's, there's hope we can go up. So that's yes. great. Thank you for sharing that. Change is so tough for most of us. We don't, sometimes we're afraid of it. We yeah. It. <laughs> Part of life, just like seasons change. We got winter, summer. Oh, yeah. All of that. Yeah. So yeah. that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. now i'm getting to my very last question but before i do that where can our listeners who are listening to you and they want to know about the program that is offered at bcw because it's all about women in leadership women in entrepreneurship and the youth you know empowering them if they want to know more about that and they want to know all about you and how you can make an impact in their community how can they get a hold of you Oh, yeah. So um, they can check out um, BCW in Action and that's that bcwinaction.ca. And they can also, if they have any questions, um, if they want to get into entrepreneurship, we're happy to help. And uh, they can email info at bcwinaction.ca. Uh, check out our website. Check out uh, we're present on uh, Instagram. Although I'm a youth, I don't know how to use the the, <laughs> the technology, but there's luckily there's someone who does. <laughs> so you can you can see all the amazing programs we have for the girls and the women and the businesses on there. Oh, that's wonderful. I know as a as an entrepreneur, you always want to know where your strength uh, strengths are. If Instagram is not your strength, don't even go don't. there. But, yeah. <laughs> Let that's someone good, else yeah <laughs> you know, yeah know, know what your strengths and limitations are start working from there <laughs> <laughs> oh exactly that's why when you're doing your ikigai the, the one i spoke about earlier yeah you know, what am i good at i'm definitely mm-hmm. not good at technology then i'm gonna get somebody else to make me look good by working on my technology <laughs> yes that's what you do you hire this the special talented people so you can focus on what you're really good at yes <laughs> And you're good at leadership. You're good at empowering everyone. So um, I hope our audience have picked that up because you are so inspiring. You've you've been such a great joy to have. Thank and you I for hope having me. Everybody who's, <laughs> who's listening to you have really picked up a few things. And you you're so you're so much fun. Like you have you're full <laughs> of you you just I don't know if you know how to how to be sad because you sound so oh. <laughs> 
I, I try not to be sad. I am a, generally a happy person, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so what are the strategies that you use when you're feeling down in the dumps? Can you give us some tips so that when I feel down in the dumps, I can say, Tessie told me to do this and it works. Oh, it, you know, it's, it's okay to have bad days. And um, the thing is to just pick yourself up. It's okay to have down days, but just be, it's, don't, don't stay down forever. Pick yourself up. It, they're going to be good and bad days. Uh, this is, you mentioned this before. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's okay to, to be down, but don't stay down too long. But what strategies do you use? <laughs> do you go jogging? Do you meditate? Oh, I used to go running. <laughs> but okay. now I don't go uh, running that much. But I'm a big fan of hiking. So I like to get away and go on long hikes. And that's just, yeah, to clear my mind, to, you know, bring me back, you know, being out in nature grounds you, you know, the, the beauty of it, it's just absolutely amazing being out there. And it kind of, you know, shows you in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, being outside, the nature, something about nature just puts it all in perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, listening to those uh, birds chirping, the water running, if there's water around you and and every once in a while, a crack of the tree or something. All of those yeah. things are so great too. I feel yeah, like going so... outside now. now that we're <laughs> it's still nice out. So yeah. we, can, we can still go. We can still yes. go for a few more weeks, I think. I hope. That's true. <laughs> the snow yeah. has not arrived. It's waiting somewhere. <laughs> yeah awesome so here is my last question that i i like to ask all my guests that come on to the episode what does it mean to be authentic for you um i look at it as being true to your inner self regardless of the circumstances uh i think we're called to be the best versions of ourselves whether it's uh you believe in god whether you believe in the power of the universe you there's a higher calling for you to be the best version of yourself. And I think I look at authenticity as that, you being the best version of yourself, regardless of the circumstances. Oh, wow, I love that. Now that is true authenticity. Excellent. (laughs) Thank you so much, Tessie. Harry, thank you for having me. (laughs) This was wonderful. You're welcome. (laughs) So I want to thank our audience as well for listening and always being present every month as we bring the Authenticity Series, the Dandelion Perspective, where we talk to young people about what they're going through, what they've done, what they will be doing, and what they plan to do in the near, near future. So it's all about setting goals. And I hope everybody who's listening to Tessie, how she has inspired the community and she continues to do that. She's an entrepreneur working with young, she's a program coordinator working with entrepreneurs and inspiring them to lift them up. As you all know, it's never easy to be an entrepreneur, but so if you can get somebody who can lift you up, give you some hope, give you some tips on how to get on with your dream, your passion, Tessie is the to-go-to person and she works with a BCW, Black Canadian Women in Action. I'll be putting her information at the end of the podcast so you can get a hold of her. And thank you again, Tessie, for being such a wonderful guest. I'm so honored to have you. And thank you for indulging me to interview you in this podcast.
Oh, this was wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> you are welcome. Bye, everyone, wherever you are in the world, morning, afternoon, evening. See you next month.